So as we come on this Easter Sunday, again, it's an occasion of great joy, where the alleluias ring out again and again and again throughout the sacred liturgy, where we are able to, to come into, into the church and to have the bells rung once again, the sanctuary full of the beautiful lilies and the joy of hearing the good news. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, just as he said. And it's a occasion of joy, not because of those external things, but because of the message itself, the resurrection. And with the resurrection, the fact that everything is changed. There are some who would say that there is no resurrection of the body of our Lord. Even in the gospel, we hear Mary, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, right? Uh, the one who goes and, and, and first is wrestling to understand what does it mean to be raised up from the dead, right? They're all wondering this. What does this mean? And of course, whenever she goes, she, she just presumes that someone took the body. Some, someone maliciously has stolen the body of the Lord because they know how treasured it is. She herself already confused and wondering about these things. There are others, other accounts in the scriptures that indicate that that it was the disciples of the Lord who came and took his body, and thus to be able to, to keep the storyline running, right? And so they, they had a good story. They had a notable leader. They had, they had, you know, they had a nice place of prestige uh, in, the, in the community, at least uh, among some. Uh, and so, you know, even if the leader dies, he, he said he was going to raise up, so we'll just hide the body and we can keep the storyline. We can stick to our story and we can, we can, we can, we can you know, hold it out and, and keep reaping the fruits of this great time that we've been having which is absolutely absurd if you think about what happened at the end of their lives, because those 12 men ultimately were crucified, beheaded, stoned, skinned alive, or boiled in oil. You don't do those things just to be able to kind of keep the story running. Because you said it, you just got to keep on digging because you said it already, right? It was madness. They laid down their lives, they shed their blood because of the resurrection being a truth a fact, something they themselves had experienced, they had witnessed, they had seen him, they had heard his voice after the resurrection and seen his wounds, Thomas even being blessed to be able to touch them at the command of the Lord. If the resurrection is not true, we are wasting our time here. This is what St. Paul tells us. First Corinthians chapter 15 is if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ has not raised for the dead, we have a bunch of Easter lilies for no good reason. You've dressed up for mass for no good reason. I've prepared a homily for no good reason. We built this church for no good reason. We live our faith. We live the, the course of our daily lives for no good reason whatsoever. Maybe it just benefits us and we feel good about things. That would be the best we could hope if there was no resurrection. But such is not the case. We have by faith and by the witness of those first disciples the fact of the resurrection, that it is true. It is not some magic trick or sleight of hand. It is not trickery and deception by the apostles. It is the resurrection. Christ has been raised up in the flesh, our flesh. On account of this, again, things change. What otherwise would be a rather interesting historical character with some great quotable things that we can put on our, on our, uh, on our walls or on our refrigerators to motivate us to be good people, 
now becomes the Son of Man, the Son of God, God in our very flesh, who gives us the words of everlasting life, not just nice sayings. On account of the resurrection, death is dead, fascinatingly enough. Death itself is conquered. It has no power over us. It is a transition, a change. For those who mourn, those who have passed from this earthly life, there is a forward, looking forward to with hope, where one day there will be a reunion with those whom we mourn. Every one of us has within our heart a desire for everlasting happiness. Sometimes we fulfill it with good and holy things, the things of God, and sometimes we think it with things, fill it with things that are lacking, the things of the world, the pleasures of the flesh. But in the end, all of us have a desire for happiness. And if it were not for the resurrection, that desire would never be able to be met. We would simply have this world, and we would do the best that we could to make ourselves happy. But in the end, it will not last. But in the resurrection of Christ, the happiness that we desire can be attained. It is ours if we are willing. On account of the resurrection, hope is given to those who are hopeless. Those who may feel that they are so far from God, so lost in this world, so unable to do anything moving forward, can look to Christ and be assured that there is always hope. There is always a chance to move forward, a fresh start, a new creation. On account of the resurrection, we need not remain bound in our sin. We need not be confined to illness in this life. We need not always to be pressed in discord. We need not have hatred or simply resign ourselves to the wounds of our flesh or our spirit. On account of the resurrection, there is hope, there is faith, there is joy, there is reconciliation, there is mercy, there is peace, and there is eternal rest. And in the end, the resurrection of Jesus proves for me one thing that everything that Jesus said is true. Because if a man can raise himself up from the dead, I should listen to everything he's got to say. Every last word of it. And not simply to listen, but to allow it to do something to me, to change me, to call me to holiness, to call me to greater heights, not to settle for the things of the world, not to settle for, for my, with my imperfections and to allow them to remain as they are, but to strive for something greater because it's possible. It's our call as Christians. Every word that Jesus has spoken to us is true. And on that account, we can rejoice in this good news, that we are not children without parents in this life. We have an eternal Father who loves us, who created us and sustains us at every moment and longs to be able to have us with him in heaven. Furthermore, we have a claim on heaven. By virtue of our baptism, we have been adopted in Christ. We are sons and daughters of the Father, heirs of the kingdom of heaven. It is ours. And lastly, the great encouragement to us, the reminder that every cross that we bear in this life, whatever it may look like, every single cross we bear, every suffering we endure, every sorrow we experience, every pain, every agony, every anything that is not joy, all of it 
if endured with the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts and for Jesus Christ, will lead us to glory. There is certainty here. There's not just a good chance or great odds. There is certainty. As we offer this Easter Sunday Mass, it is for us to allow our hearts to rejoice, to allow them to be lifted up to the Lord as our voices are lifted up to the Lord, singing the joyous alleluias through this liturgy. It is for us to rejoice that God, our Father, has created us and loves us. And even though we have sinned, He comes to redeem us by the death and resurrection of His Son. And we rejoice that that Son has come among us, taking on our flesh, and He walks with us each day on the way to paradise. Let our hearts rejoice at this good news and look forward to the day where we too will experience that great resurrection of our own bodies and behold the Son face to face.